Hey everybody, welcome to the All Heart Podcast. My name is Noni Lamar. And I'm Thea Monier, and we are here to heal the culture through joy and pleasure. Pleasure, 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 pleasure. Hey y'all, we're doing pretty good. We've actually just been recording another podcast. We were guests on Loca Tora. Yes. It so was exciting. fantastic. They were amazing. Yes. We were recording in Boyle Heights, so you're going to be able to check out an episode from them soon, and we'll let them know probably on our All Heart Podcast Instagram. Yes, for sure, and on our personal Instagrams and everywhere, but they're really dope. We're really excited. It was a great conversation. It was like meeting ourselves again. It was. It was. It was lovely. It was wonderful. So we just want to thank them for having us, and hopefully they're going to be guests on our podcast. Yes, and that way we can, you know, our people can listen to their people, their people can listen to us. It's dope. It's great. Collaboration. Co-creation. Yes. At its finest. So today we're going to be discussing one of our most favorite subjects, but before we do that, we're going to yes. check in. You want to check in first, No. Sure. Okay, go. Okay, so I realized this week, this is a realization. I don't know, you know, this is a, a little bit controversial that I listened to Abrahamic. Did you listen to that thing I said? I you? did listen to it. We yeah, I'm I'm ready to jump in here. Okay. I did listen to it. So I sent Thea this Abraham Hicks video and it's actually about Tony Robbins work. Mm-hmm. Do you do you pay any attention to Tony Robbins? I know who Tony Robbins is. Yeah, he's I, a part of the culture, right? Yeah, yeah. But he has this really interesting documentary on Netflix. I mm. highly recommend it. Okay. It's really interesting and kind of shows you behind the scenes of everything that he's doing with him and his business and his family and mm-hmm. it's just really interesting. You you get to see how his mind works. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, uh, my auntie had sent me this Abraham Hicks quote, I mean video, and we listened to it for a while, mm-hmm. and then I sent it to Thea, and I just was really taken aback by it from someone who's really, I feel really strong with money and my potential to earn money mm-hmm. and my ability to do it very effortlessly mm-hmm. in terms of attracting it to, m- to myself, mm-hmm. I realized that I have a hard work program. That's mm-hmm. extremely wired in. Believing that I need to work hard for everything I have was actually said to me from an ephah priest before. Mm-hmm. And I think because it came from this ephah priest, it was like like almost stamped on mm-hmm. my heart. Like I believed mm-hmm. him more than I would have like, you know, mm-hmm. someone else. And so from that day, I realized I've been trying to work against that programming. Like, mm-hmm. Like, I'm, or from that day, I realized I was working with that programming. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to have to work hard for everything. I got to mm-hmm. work hard. I got to get this. I got to work hard. The narrative. The narrative that to earn, you have to sweat. Mm-hmm. To earn, you have to, like, give everything you have mm-hmm. and be stressed and it be miserable, and you know? Suffering and. Yeah, that to suffer for money. Mm-hmm. Now, I have, a, that, I have an easy time making money, mm-hmm. like, getting that opportunity to have money and to have an, enough money or more than enough or enough to spare and share. But I have to really ask myself, am I happy while I'm making mm-hmm. that money? Mm-hmm. And that really um, stuck with me. Like, what did you think about it when you saw it? I think um, I listened to it, actually. Hmm. To, I, I couldn't watch it. I was in the car, but I plugged it in so I could hear it. Okay. And I felt a lot... I identify a lot with the young man who was asking the follow-up questions. Yeah. Because 
I realize that a big part of my issue has been so many conflicting messages. Yeah. And Mark and I talked about this a lot last night, right? Mm. There's some people who will say, you know, do this and you attract it to you or have the right mindset and then this happens and then and then I'm like and then like there's the chance that none of that shit is true. True. <laughs> right? There's the there's the case that some people came here this lifetime and will have money and some people came I don't know how I don't know hmm. which because each philosophy, each idea or theory has a practice that goes with it and figuring out like what your practice is well, kind of challenging. Okay, if we know there to be a truth, right? We know there's an, a, a truth that's unarguable, like as above, so below. Right. We can just know that from yes. walking around and observing with our eyes, right? Yes. So if we know that as above, so below, we know that like how the the act to me of thinking Mm -hmm. is not hard work Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like me thinking me being creative like do you I don't think of when I'm being creative as this is hard work this is so difficult I also don't think of it as thinking yeah it's it's an effortless flow right right? it's a tapping it's a tapping in so to me why should earning money be any different than that I agree. That's a concept to me of like correspondence, like right. as above, so below. Like why, why if like doing this creative thing is so so effortless, it takes right. nothing but me being in the right zone, right, and just going into that zone, and then oh wow, look what I have, on, look what I just made, right. right? Look how how effortless that was. It just poured out of me, right. But we think like to earn money, we have to work really really hard, right? Yes, I think there's also cultural layers to that for sure. Mm. Like I've talked um, to people about the sort of idea that, you know, we talked, I, I was on Fair of the Free Child talking about joy and pleasure right. and children. And like when you see, you know, for a lot of black families or black homes, you might have grown up where like, well, you ain't got nothing else to do. You can't find nothing right. to do, right? You're supposed to look busy all the time. Right. And how that busyness comes from, you're not you know, not getting whipped, not getting trouble, not being accused of being lazy. Right. Um, all these stereotypes that come in. So I think I didn't realize how much of that and being in a culture that says, you know, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, if you don't have it, it's because you didn't work hard enough. I mean, there's so many external it's pervasive messages for sure. And it's really once you step out of it, you realize, oh, you need this country can't function without a labor force, like a very... So, labor so, so that so people who will work like drones and not think about it. So in that Abraham video, when he said, "So do I have to do anything at all to make right. money?" That real, I was, I was like, I'm so glad he asked this question. Mm-hmm. And then Abraham was like, "No." So not she really. was saying this is different than the Tony Robbins method, which is very much more work habit method. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a very. She she was equating like well actually that's what he was asking right like how do I do both of right. these things this how is do, the big question right how do I live in the flow yeah how do I live by intention how do I match my frequency to yeah. the frequency of which I want to attract yeah while also working hard you know yeah while also putting all of my effort into it and being a high performer is basically what I felt like he was talking about yeah being high performing in business. Yeah. He's like, I don't hear anybody saying, like, I'm in the vortex. No, you don't. But my husband has talked about that. My husband talks about being in the stream. Yeah. And he says, like, once you're in the stream, you know it. You really aren't doing anything. You're just in the stream, and things are coming 
towards you, mm-hmm. as which is the difference between like when you're working because I like because Abraham talks about going downstream, right? Yeah, like instead of going upstream, right? It's going downstream, and yeah. I, I think that that's and I think the Abraham response was definitely on that tip, like. Hey, we're not saying that people aren't working hard. You know, we're saying that it doesn't feel like that. And we're saying that part of the hard work, or I guess the work in general, without labeling it hard or not, is knowing that things start metaphysically before they become physical. Yeah. So really, you're, if you want to put work in, you could put the work in into the controlling your thoughts or changing your thought pattern. Exactly. So mm -hmm. that's what's Mm -hmm. on my heart is I've been actually doing every night, Mm -hmm. starting to change my program, going Mm -hmm. to sleep, listening to things that are reprogramming Mm -hmm. my brain Mm -hmm. outside of the work hard narrative, Mm -hmm. outside of the work hard paradigm, Mm -hmm. because it's a lie. Like there's a lot of things that I've experienced in life that were very extravagant that I didn't work hard for at all. Right. That were easy. Yeah, there's a, a lot, and actually, to get the jobs I have, I don't work hard to get them. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I have to prove myself while I'm doing it, and I have to be the A student and go above and beyond mm-hmm. and prove. And, and mm-hmm. you know, when I don't do a good job, it's like I'm staying up all night beating up myself. You know, that whole paradigm is a capitalist model. It is, and I want to be outside of that. I want to be out. I want to be inside of that flow part yeah. where everything flows easily, but also like knowing that I don't have to be the proving work, right. the proving myself as the best worker be around, right? Even as a boss, right? And that's definitely like super. Yeah, I think it's super enforced the idea because they because capitalism requires a large labor force that doesn't really question things mm-hmm. and um i like i said with him and those in the two parts and how to live it out i think what ends up happening is people may start with the abraham hicks model but when nothing happens in the time frame that they want it to happen they're like they click over like, to get i gotta Robinson. work hard yeah like and that's let what, me sweat so let me patience run. is the is the thing in yeah. between these things right it's like the the way you make these two models work together is patience because you you know, if I have a creative project, if we're doing a film, right. then like we're gonna work hard, but it's yeah. not gonna feel like hard work because we love it, right? Yeah. So it's it's not then I'm, hard I mean, becomes relative, right? I mean, this podcast requires actual work, yeah, but it's it doesn't that, but it's feel, easy. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel like that kind of work. Shout, shout out to our editor though. Shout out to our editor <laughs> for sure, who like who's doing who's doing the hard work, the heavy you lifting. Know, there's not editors for everyone, <laughs> no. um, but yeah, I think patience is the piece because I when I think about my own where I. I definitely believe in the spiritual version of what Abraham Hicks was saying. Mm-hmm. But then when nothing is, when I can't see the fruits of my labor directly, you're, you're like, I click into the Tony you're Robbins like, You're mode. like, come on, passion pa- sure. planner. Come yeah. on, passion yeah. planner. Let's and I've go. even had to like, like navigate that because even there's something about how I use the passion planner, right? So if I use it as a tool of like productivity, that can be really, yeah. But when I use it, to help clear my mind, mm. it's a totally same thing, but totally different. It's a different outcome. approach. Yeah, so like using it to like dump some of these ideas out of my head, or like just document what I'm doing because at the end of the month, I may not give myself full credit for what I've been doing. For but sure. just today, you and I have already run and done a couple things and got more things to do after this, right? Right. But we'll say, oh, we weren't productive, right? <laughs> so it really helps me to 
see like, no, you, bitch, you're doing it. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so using it as that versus the other way I was using it, like, you know, you got to be, and I would never even really look back to see what I had done. It wasn't until I started using it and looking back and being like, oh my God, look at all these great things that happened, these great opportunities and these great things you learned. We write a lot of stuff down, but how often do we review it? It probably happens like at the end of the year or like, you know, so yeah, all of those things have to be, intention is always the root of it. But I think that patience piece, no. The patience piece is where it's really at. And I think where I'm at with it is I wanted to say it aloud here because Mm -hmm. I want to have people see my process Mm -hmm. of moving into more of an effortless money maker. I will say, if you look at my passion planner, yes, my word for the year is ease. Okay. We are always right on time. Okay. No, okay. Is. Let's it's do ease. it then. Oh, so what's your check-in? My check-in is that I took a week off of Instagram. And oh. since we're being super transparent, I'm going to be like transparent. I felt like um, I wasn't clear on my intention. Mm. Um, I was checking analytics and I was falling into that trap. And... I was happy with what I was putting up, but I wasn't happy with the relationship I was building with the tool itself. Got it. And I needed to pull back to really remember. What would you call that relationship? What do you mean? Like, I feel like the relationship with Instagram became more like Instagram was in charge. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like Instagram was controlling me more than I was using it as a tool at a certain point. And so I needed to... Just, like, back up and then remember, like, what was my intention for even doing this again? And my initial intention, to be honest, was just to, like, prove to myself that I could do social media. Because I kept saying, I don't like social media. And people were like, well, you got to deal with it. And I was like, ah. And I was just being resistant. So I was like, no, dive in and see what you can do. So that intention, like, ran its course. So what I realized is I needed a new intention. Mm. And I needed to really... You know, I had switched into the Tony Robbins mode. Right. I mean, I you were getting it. some followers. I'd be like, dang, well, she got 500 followers last week. Like, but I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know anything about where they came from. I didn't know anything about why they were there. And so, you know, I, that's not who I am. Like, I'm, I'm really, really interested in, like, community and, like, who are you and why are you here? And let's, like, talk, Relationship. you know. Yeah. yeah. So I think taking the week off gave me that break to, like, rethink the intention. And my intention is to... Have cultivate a community, but then have like this ongoing conversation. And a big piece of what was missing from the conversation was, how did I get to this point? Like, how did I get to the point where I'm talking about decolonizing mental health and decolonizing pleasure? And like, what does that look like in my real life? And I right. also think I tend to like show because you know I'm a Leo, so I yeah. show people the shiny part. But I don't show people that my shit is, it'd be a hot mess, like on a regular yeah. basis. That's why I'm always pulling out your vulnerability on yes. this podcast. Yes, <laughs> And it's like, it's like fun and crazy and unpredictable and like all of, a lot of the spanda, a lot of the shakti energy of my life, which is pleasure and all these different things, doesn't happen on IG. And there's ways that I can include it on IG. And so I started thinking about just how to use my captions different, how to use my stories different how to you know, start a newsletter, just different ways to feel really grounded and surround myself. I'm, what I'm realizing is, like, I'm very clear on who I am spiritually. I'm very unclear about how to live it in this particular existence, in this country, 
in this world at this time. Like, mm. I feel like, how do I bring this world into alignment with that inner world? And it's a little bit of a conflict, right? It can, it really can be. And then I also know there's certain aspects about this physical world that are made to challenge me so that I can, like, continue to grow in my spiritual life. But I would like to create more and more spaces and have, I need to stay more me in more spaces as opposed to feeling like I have to conform to some of the pressures of this physical world and I have to figure out where that. those spaces are. Yeah, does that make sense? It does. I mean, I don't post I don't post much. I I really I told you like a couple mm-hmm. months ago, like I wanna you actually use my Instagram more regularly. Mm-hmm. But I realized that my idea of sharing is is like taking all my clothes off and showing everyone <laughs> <laughs> my complete naked body every day. Like I like I don't know if I want to be that vulnerable all the time. So I had to like really think about, you know, uh, I'm so rebellious that words yeah. like branding and words like right all of these all of these things that curating yeah, the, 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 it's so much all of that stuff feels uh, just contrived. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I like to keep it really fucking real. Yeah. Like. And easy. Yeah. I like like to keep things real and I like them to feel organic and I like them to feel natural. And so a lot of the things like the, I don't think a lot about followers Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but I do think a lot about when I post things, the relationship that I'm having with the person, I want to be expanded. Sure. I want to say something and for someone to say something that I haven't thought of. Right. Challenging that thing. Right. right? So that's that's mostly. But I've been thinking a lot about that. Like we li- we all yeah. have an, a side apartment on Instagram. Like everybody right. Right. that uses social media has a world. Right. In on Instagram that they're spending so much time depositing and cultivating and observing. And so then and why are, so then it should be a place of joy. Like if, if it's mirroring my spiritual life, then it should be a place that I enjoy because I really enjoy my spiritual world. I really enjoy my spiritual life tremendously. Oh, I, I, I want to really, be there all the time. I really enjoy Instagram, but however, maybe I enjoy it because I'm more consuming. Right. I'm doing a lot of consuming on Instagram. Right. Like I'm doing a lot of being inspired. Like yeah. I follow a lot of things on. Yeah, you sent me some great people. Yeah, I I follow things that inspire and expand me as an artist. Yeah. But I might not always express that expansion on Instagram. Right. Do you you see yeah, what I'm for saying? Sure. And I'm trying to figure that out, like as a writer. Yeah. Because the primary thing that I communicate is through writing. Yeah. Right. Me so. Too. How do you, how do you use? But I also am a person who does make images. Yeah. But the kind of images I want to make feel quite uh, the box. The box feels limiting. Yeah. So to me, it's like more so starting to look at it as an artist. Like, how can this be a storytelling tool? Yes. Noni, don't look at it all the time like someone's making you brand yourself. Right. That's my resistance. It is, and be resistant because like. <laughs> it, it, it is it for me it, it was kind of a rabbit hole like people like giving me advice about different things it was kind of a rabbit hole and then like even going back to something you said you know I have no filter yeah. like I am not a filtered person I, I'm not easy to shame and I'm I realize also I'm not afraid of a lot of shit I'm really quite fearless so for me like I feel very limited when I have to brand and curate because actually, I would show you all my shit, just like you were talking about, and think nothing of it and feel no shame. 
Right. So why wasn't I doing that is my question that I had to really ask myself. And I realized yeah. a lot of it was because branding requires you to think this fits, this doesn't fit. And I'm like, none of this shit really fits. None of it makes sense. I, If I had to explain to you how I went from like 22 to turning thir- 39 and like the, being in a hip hop band and moving multiple times. And, right. I mean, that's what all happened, and it was all messy, and I had no clue what I was doing the whole time, and that is what people need to know, because if I'm just telling them decolonize pleasure, and here's how, and spanda, and tantra, but they don't know how I came to that understanding that it was 17 years of, like, trying to be loved, trying Mm. to learn that that's not how you get people to love you, and then trying to learn how to love yourself, and then turn that into how do you love other people in the world, and how do you expand the world, and that it was this grand journey that I didn't even know I was starting. Right. Um, Okay. So too, like as an artist, like we're both creatives, like my resistance too is becoming too promotional. Yeah. But I sometimes wonder, and I I heard you talk about that too. Like I sometimes wonder if it's me being resistant, not wanting to stand in the full power. The the visibility thing we talked about. Yeah. But it's good. This is why it is good. It makes us question these things like about ourselves, right? Like there's the, there is something to self-promoting like and feeling comfortable saying, yeah, I am worth doing this. And if you want to support me, then do this. And it should, but that's just one aspect of what you're asking from this community that you are pouring into by sharing your world and sharing your wisdom yeah, and, it's, being, it's, and it's a brave thing to do that. Yes. It seems like it should be both. Mm-hmm. And the parts of it are so foggy to me. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe I have a judgment of, but do I have a, I never judge Beyonce for promoting something. I don't no. ever judge any, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like people who have, what's do the, I don't want to get into Kardashians, but you know, somebody like selling their lip kit. I'm yeah. not like, dang, why is she out here selling her lip kit You on know Instagram? why she's selling the lip kit. <laughs> she's selling the lip kit to, you know, to make money. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I just think it's whatever we use it for, it has to be something that allows all of ourselves in the room mm-hmm. um, and challenges us to do, to celebrate ourselves or ask for support or ask for, and yes, that support can be financial, um, and feel okay with if they help if they do it or not. The other thing that helped me though, I talked to Crystal, our friend Crystal, mm-hmm. and um, she said she was listening to Making Oprah, the podcast. Yeah, I love that. And that on there, Oprah talked about you know if she has ten million viewers, she really only needs five percent to actually like move and purchase one of her products, right? Mm-hmm. And so I thought about that because. On this other podcast I was listening to, remember I went and I wasn't listening to podcasts. Now I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, he talked about the five, I think it was five steps to genius, mm. and from the idea and to the sharing of the idea to the getting the idea to your community, and then when it goes beyond your community. And he was like, you know, if you're viral, maybe a thousand people out of the millions that follow you are your community are your people. So thinking about that on Instagram and using that 5% reference that Oprah gave, mm-hmm. right? You say you have 3,000 followers. 150 is mm-hmm. like really hardcore community. Mm-hmm. And so if you're always thinking about how to feed them and how they can feed you, then the rest doesn't matter. Yeah. Because... I mean, that's my approach. Like yeah. what you just said, like there's always about that 150 people who right. are engaging with me on a regular basis. Yeah. And I think about it more like 
I'm like at a dinner party with them or I'm at a like remember old school kickbacks like mm-hmm. I'm at a kickback with mm-hmm. them I'm thinking more of I'm sharing myself I'm sharing yeah. my family I'm sharing my inner thoughts you yeah. know you know who's one of my favorite people a uh, super scent is that how you name, say her name super scent I never said it out loud I, I just know. seen it she um she kind of does both now that we're talking about it like she's super real incredibly real she's from new orleans and she built um a whole makeup company mm-hmm. on instagram like from her instagram followers but every part of the way like she showed you the process yeah. she yeah. showed you behind the scenes her yeah. ups and her downs she's just keeping it so extra real yeah. that i personally wanted to buy everything she has like yeah because you know people say they want to people want to invest in people yeah that's what on that other podcast <laughs> she said um People, I thought people were following me for my niche, but they were really following me for my story. Yeah. And I thought about that, and I'm like, Thea, you're a storyteller. What story are you telling? Like, what's missing is the story, you know? I think that's great so that I'm you're really sharing excited. that, though. Because yeah. this is something that creatives are thinking about all the yeah. time. Yeah, and I thought about it, so I'm excited. Like, I'm excited now to go use my captions. It made me tap back into being creative. Like, okay, I know what this tool is set up, but I don't know, I can make it do whatever I want it to do, so... I, how do I make my stories tell a story instead of it just being like, buy this, share this person's stuff. Like it was just kind of like advertisements for people, but really like, how do I make my stories tell a story and how do I use my captions and have people more so wanting to read my captions than even looking at the images? Like these are the new challenges and exciting things for me. Right. I, did. I, I like that. that. Check on my um, save stories. I did a day in my life once. Mm-hmm. I would love to see you do it. It's, it was oh, exhausting. Yeah. It was exhausting. I was like, dang, no wonder my life feels. It, you realize, <laughs> you really do realize. I'm and like, I think like even showing people who I'm around, yeah. Like who was like you know like here like there will be a picture from here up you know somebody could take um, a picture of us any moment now yeah okay maybe <laughs> no talk it talk it well let's jump into our main topic yes okay y'all um oh I just gotta tell y'all we. We had a whole nother topic, but we know what we, we know. already know what time it is. We know what time it is. We know what week it is. We know. We we couldn't think of any topic that was on our hearts this week. Mm-hmm. Any topic more important in the world of joy and pleasure than than Beyonce. Than Beyonce. Than Beyonce. Homecoming. Thea. First impressions. We no, no. I have to go to you because you hadn't seen the Coachella, right? No, I had seen Coachella. Oh, you saw Coachella. Okay. Let me tell you the first time I saw Coachella. Maybe we could go back to that. Okay, let's go back. Okay, the first time I watched Coachella, I was actually, I decided I was going to watch it at the gym. Mm. I I got the live stream. You must have ran like 40 miles that day. (laughs) Oh my God. I decided I was going to watch it at the gym. I remember crying mm-hmm. while I was like mm-hmm. on the stationary bike. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't believe that a human being could could do all of that. Mm-hmm. Now the difference between when I saw it then and when I saw it now, and maybe it's just like where I'm at in my motherhood journey, right? Is I felt like, well, I'll never be able to do anything mm-hmm. like that. And I meant the physical part of it because right. I was once again at the gym, right? But the physicality, you know, I am a Taurus. I'm an earth sign. Today's the first day of Taurus. Welcome to our season. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the season of pleasure, the season of beauty, the season of money, riches, wealth, love. Love it. 
Mm, sex, orgasms. All of it. I am a walking pleasure principle. <laughs> a pleasure principle, I, I say. That. Jenna Jackson, a famous tourist. And this is tourist. just the first day, y'all. <laughs> a famous tourist. Jenna Jackson wrote a song called Pleasure Principle because that's how we should all live. Yes, it is. So I was sitting there at the gym just like, man, am I ever going to be able to like get the body I want, do mm-hmm. do all of the dancing I want to do, the dancing I have in my heart? And I saw Beyonce and I was like, nah. <laughs> You won't ever. You won't, you're you, not doing that. You ain't getting there. Like I was basically like, give up, boo. Mm-hmm. Shoot your like, shoot your, your shoot like your lower, shot, but just shoot it. But like just lower. shoot it lower. You're right. So the difference of watching it this time yeah. was I got to see how she got there. I mean, like, this is what we were just talking about Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Like I got to see her process. I got to watch her struggle. Mm-hmm. I got her to see her say, I teared up there. I got to hear her say, I'm hungry. I'm sorry if this is a spoiler alert. Y'all should have watched it. You should have watched it. I have no sympathy. You got <laughs> the first 48 hours when we um, B drop something and then you're done. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but I, I got to see her be over 200 pounds mm-hmm. and start dance practice. And talk about how disconnected she felt Yo, from her body. You know what? I really want to say, like, this particular thing empowered me so much as a mother who's had three children mm-hmm. really close together mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. like abdominal separation mm-hmm. when he was touching her stomach yes, yes. and I was like I know you had your abdominal separation like mm-hmm. everyone I know that has twins has that shit mm-hmm. like I, only ones I know I can't say it for all people mm-hmm. I'm not a midwife but that abdominal separation like that's hard for me mm-hmm. Like, that's a hard, my core being pulled apart. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to be able to dance. I used to be able to do all of these things with my body that I can't do anymore mm-hmm. since I started having children. Mm-hmm. And watching her recover herself, Work. watching her repair herself, it just made me feel like, oh, I can go back to not the old me. The newer. But the newer me, yeah. and it can be even better. And I remembered yes. when I did that after the second baby how I kind of rebuilt my body, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I had like pelvic floor issues Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And those like I recovered, but this abdominal separation, Mm -hmm. DR situation, Mm -hmm. I forget what it's called, but where your belly kind of pulls apart. Me having that, like that has been a real source of, um, Mm. it's not even, uh, it's not, it's not like, what's it called? It's not where someone can see it. It's not a vanity thing. Right, right. It's internal. Yeah, it's an internal it's thing. Internal. Even though it does make the bottom of your stomach poke out. Mm-hmm. It makes you have like this constant mm-hmm. pooch, pooch forever mm-hmm. that you can't flatten mm-hmm. because of this thing that's happening here. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the Tia and Tamara twins had talked about it, mm-hmm. having it because people were like body shaming her mm-hmm. after she had a baby and she talked about it a little bit. And that was empowering, just that little bit. Mm-hmm. But seeing Beyonce, <sighs> tell me how you felt, Thea. Tell me. <laughs> I literally, there's so much. So, one, I want to say that she epitomizes this idea that if you live yourself so well, it automatically blesses people, whether or not that's your intention, mm. right? Like, if you just live to be your best self, right? Without, you don't even have to think about whether this will bless people. It will. Right. Right? And so I feel like her work, like, since formation for me, 
I would even go back to the self-titled Beyonce album where she the said self- it's all free with Rocket and yeah, yeah, like when well, so, that's self-titled Beyonce. Although there were some some parts like that partition part, yeah, some partition part. yeah, but some of the some of it was dark. There was a dark. It felt a little dark. But you know, I like that too. <laughs> I know. Some of it just felt a little like. There was just, mm. but that Shakti, right? Shakti is, is that, is like that raw, dark, uncontrollable, like unpredictable. Like it's, it's like, it is. It, you know what? No, I know what it is. You remember when, when Jay did the song Apologizing mm-hmm. to Beyonce? I felt like she was trying to keep her, her nigga. I that see what you're saying. The, the, the way sexuality mm-hmm. worked on the mm-hmm. self-titled, mm-hmm. it, it didn't mm-hmm. feel that her, the way her Empowered. sexual no it felt in like service mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like the embodiment yeah. felt more like i'm embodying this sexy thing because we do sexy things or also to show you other bitches yeah yeah right. yeah that was a part of it yeah, yeah but yeah drunk in love the right. whole the whole sexuality there felt just so different i see what you're saying than the sexuality like at then then her now then her now yeah, I think even sometimes, like I was saying before about my personal journey, like okay. I wanted to learn how to love. I was reading all these books on like how to, you know, basically how to be a more lovable person and how to, mm. even though I started those with the wrong intention, it started, it awakened something that led me to the right place. Yeah. And so I feel like even if she awakened that for that intention, it did open up something because you can't open up sexuality without open up creativity. Exactly. And her creativity from that point on just completely expanded. Absolutely. And, it, and then it began to go beyond being of service and began to be of like purpose, right? Yes. And I feel like I understand that that trajectory. And at the end, it literally ends with her saying, if my country ass can do it. Yes. Oh! Yes. And now her publicist <laughs> said that she answers every inquiry because that's what Beyonce would do. And everybody I've known who's been associated with her at all says she's one of the nicest, most humble people. You Like, she still introduces mm-hmm. herself. And, like, you don't have to introduce yourself to me, Beyonce. Okay? <laughs> just, you, you don't have to do that. Like, some people would just walk up and be like, you don't know who I am. And she doesn't do that, right? But, but then also, like, the way she talked about the young people, the way it was just... It was so thought out. She every detail, every intention, every detail. This is why I fuck with Virgos. Yes. I'm gonna tell you when I yes. watch when yes. I I watch that thinking. This is really why I fuck with with Virgos. This yes. is why my lawyer and my managers are Virgos. <laughs> this is this is this is why like everything, Nothing every gets no no stone unturned, no. like no step, no rock, and because no, of that, nothing. She thought of. Not just the audience there at Coachella, but yeah. every way that you would possibly take in this information and every person. So whether it was visually or whether it was audio or whether it was you were there in person, we all felt like we were at Coachella. Yeah. You know, I was deep in my grief. that The night I watched that, that next morning, that was the first day I didn't cry. I'm not trying to put that all on Beyonce, right, but I'm going right, to tell you, it, right. it largely watching that was so much like, okay, I felt for once, no one can deny you're a genius. No. Because I've been saying you're a genius for I so long. I have too, and folks don't want, listen, and somebody, tried always, to, somebody was talking to me about it the other day, and I was like, today on Bay Day, you do not come <laughs> in here 
and talk to me about whether or not Beyonce is a genius. Because today's not the day. Everybody knows the day that Beyonce drops the album is a national black woman holiday. <laughs> Every fucking time. And if you don't know and you're listening, now you know. Do not bring us absolutely no bullshit for the 48 hours after Beyonce drops new shit. It's a 48-hour holiday. It's a 48-hour black woman holiday. And you can join in, but you can't take away from it. I was like, look, all the people that always want to talk about, everybody writes her songs. It takes a team of people. It takes. I'm like, she just showed you who's giving the notes. When she was, but you know what? She did that before, and life was but a dream, but people didn't want to catch it. It's different. And yeah, but, but she was doing that. She, she was, was she doing was, it. She was directing. She was showing where she wanted the shots. So that Virgo part of her, that piece of her... Has been there. It's always been that there. That piece of her. And when she did, this is one of my favorite moments, was after she gave them the notes and was like, you know, I'm not giving new notes until these notes are done, basically. <laughs> and Jay-Z gets up and he's like, well, <laughs> good night, y'all. You know, and like, you like, but she, But she also tried to be, the Southern woman kicked in like, well, and I know we could do it. We family. We family. We could do it, you know. I believe in y'all. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. giving their best. But like, a nod to your grandma, but wash under your arms. <laughs> I love you, but wash under your arms. All right, we family, but don't fuck up my shit. Got it? Okay. It was incredible. And this is what we're talking about. Like, this is what you do with three children. This is what you do. Breastfeeding in between. You breast, literally, the black woman is God. God! God! That's our pronoun. She said, I'm going to do the rehearsal. I'm gonna do Soul Cycle. I'm gonna do the stairs. She's, then I'm gonna go breastfeed. Yeah. I'm gonna eat only fruits and vegetables. Oh That's it. That's it. She's like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm so hungry. But you know, I was telling somebody today, I was like, you know, some people when they watch her, they either get like jealous or they get oh. like, or they get, and you know, when I see that, I see me. I see myself. I see, I say, I feel empowered. I feel like, look what we did. Look. Like, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like we drink from the same fucking cup of water. As I take a Beyonce. sip of water. But as you take a sip of water. I feel like we drink from the same cup of water. Because you know what? And all that, and this was happening during my week off of IG when I was trying to get clear. Yes. What a beautiful time, right? <laughs> Beyonce planned that during my week off because we cousins like that, which is amazing. And I said, and, and I had watched the Abraham Hicks thing and Mark and I were talking about stuff. And I said, you know what? Fuck everything. Here's what it comes down to. Be your absolute fucking self and don't give up. I mean, because she was, so going back to that, she was working hard. That was obviously hard work. Mm, She said harder than she's ever pushed herself ever before. But for a purpose. And I think that that's the difference. (sighs) Yes. When you're working in purpose, on purpose. Because she knew. She said, this is the other thing they don't give her credit for. Like when she did formation at the Super Bowl. Right. Like, nothing this Virgo woman does is by accident. No. She does her research. If you pick the day that you want, she's going to know where, what moon and what star and what planet, of, right? I would, I would hope so. hundred percent. So, like, she knew, like, I'm bringing in a force of nature. I am making sure that they regret the fact that it took this long to get a black woman to do Coachella, <laughs> to headline Coachella, and that they never make the mistake of not doing it again. <laughs> Literally. Like, and yeah. that, no one, but also, again, you're going into doing Coachella and you're thinking at the same time of 
almost what, a year later? How long has it been? Almost a year later, when Coachella's happening again, you decide to re-release your Coachella. <laughs> and, right? At the same time, the yeah. actual... Yeah. I don't even know who's at Coachella right now. I, have, I do not know. No offense to anyone no at Coachella offense. in 2019, but I don't care. No offense. <laughs> but they basically gave herself two headline Coachella gigs two years in a row. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it. I say it often. Let's all remember that the the Virgo is the one that shows up as the serial killer most often. Is it really? Yes. Almost every serial killer is a... Is a Virgo? Yes. <gasps> oh my because goodness. that's how... That's meticulous. How, you not have, only meticulous, but it's brutal. It's brutal. When she, when she was like... When she said, I slay, I slay... When she says it on the record, it's different. When she said it at Coachella, oh when God. you listen, because she she dropped an album too. Listen, listen. First of all, that's my point. My point is that my point is that I didn't even remember Coachella was happening because I was in my own Coachella. I was back in Beyonce's Coachella, and I was watch. I was listening to it and watching it on TV. I made my whole family watch it, and you know, what my daughter said, "God, I love being black." <laughs> and I was like, "That's it." That's because I it. did sit there and I said, "Who else?" Who else but a stage full of black folks right. could pull that specific thing off like that? But Thea, when she said, I slay, yeah, she the way she says it, her it's, face changes. It's as if she actually cut you. Like, like she Kali. took a knife and she's like, Kali. Like she slayed you. Yeah. Yeah. And she did because <laughs> I don't know who's headlining at Coachella, is all I'm saying. And that and, is like. And people are like, like, I, like so, she might shut down Coachella forever. I mean, if she started a festival, <laughs> and here's the thing, like I, some people are like, oh, I watched it, and I'm like, and you have to listen to it. You have to do both. Yeah, you're right. Both, it's both an experience, and you have to do you have to do both. Right, right. It's right. so, it's so great. But you know my okay, my favorite parts. My favorite parts is when she does the surf swag. Woo, fucking incredible. Love it. The music. Can we talk about this music? Four months on just the music. Oh, my God. Four months on just the music. Four months on just the dancing. Can we talk about a dream? Can we talk about you didn't go to college, but you wanted to go to an, uh, a, historically black, a historically black college, so you made your own? You made your own. You made your own. And it, we could arguably be said most people would check into that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would have I would have I would attend. You would attend right now? Fuck yeah, I would attend. <laughs> She'll teach me more than I would learn in most places. Oh, God, yeah. Sign me up. Sign me up. Don't let me find out. Don't let me find out she's starting one. Because so that'll be a mess. That was your favorite part. I mean, my well, favorite part too. And the uh, getting to the... I mean, like... But the so documentary many, uh, parts are really what got me. Yeah, they're really beautiful. It was really what got me to see, like... The process, the vulnerability. I love when she called Jay Z like I fit into Macaulay. Yeah, yeah, the human. Yep, I, yeah. I fit. I fit. And know? he was like a regular dude. Like, oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> and I think it was her mama that was like, they never get as excited as. But also, I love the emphasis she put. She gave the young people a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of like credit. And what I saw her doing in her creative process was what I wish more people would do when they're working with black folks to stop trying to tame us, which Viola Davis said. Is she knew that like if I just give them this kind of space, this yeah. vortex of energy, yeah. and they bounce off of each other, that they're going to create something magical. All I'll have to do is like prune it so that it shows in the best light. Yeah. But really, she let them because yeah. there was 
they all had, they were able to have different personalities, different moves. There was so yeah. much individuality still on the stage, and they were a unit. And that is our way. And, and we nobody, don't remember they the said same. that? Nobody was marginalized. When she, I wrote it down in my passion planner. Nobody. She said, we were able to create a safe space where nobody was, but see, this is my point. It's not that we don't have the tools to do these things. It's that we get interference when we try to do these yeah, things. Yeah, and let's be real. I was sitting there watching as a producer, like, how much did this cost? I was thinking that, too. Look at all of these sound stages. Mm-hmm. All of these people had to be paid. And All fed. these people had to be fed. Mm-hmm. They all had to be transported. They all had to be housed. And I was wondering, like, did the students, like, drop out for a year of school? <laughs> because they was with her working time. on this all the time. But it was beautiful. Yeah. Like when she talked about their haircuts and their bodies. Mm-hmm. The things, like she didn't stop them from being them. She enhanced it. Yeah. She created a space where it could flourish. And some of them said, I didn't want to go home. Uh, would you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm moving the entire family. We're just going to follow your trailer wherever it goes to your next gig. I'm sure you'll need somebody to do something. And yes. I'll sign up for that. It was really... It was really inspiring. And I mean, I, I have no, of course, that's what I expect. Would, did the mama stuff touch you the, the way it did with me? It really too? did. I needed to know in that moment, I needed to know in that moment that even the greatest among us doubt. And, I, and the other thing I got from it was like, she has decided to allow creativity to take over her being. And mm. that even in those moments, that's where she's pushing towards, right? Like, and she, it's a fight. So sometimes we... You and I talked about this a lot, like, like, and we're going to talk about this soon, about shadow and light. You know, right. people think light is the absence of shadow. And I just don't, maybe it's the Oya in me, but I just can't. Yeah. Right? I recognize. You saw me and my mom talking about yeah, that, too. Mm-hmm. I recognize mm-hmm. that, like, what's, when, what makes me great, what makes me Beyonce, <laughs> is not that I don't doubt, not that I don't have fear, not that I don't hear the same shit in my head that other people hear it. It's that I do it anyway. Absolutely. That I do it anyway. Absolutely. And what I saw in, That's her, what I I saw in her face mm-hmm. was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. Like, I know there were moments where she had the self-doubt and there were moments, but she just wouldn't fucking stop. No. And I feel like that is the piece. Like, what made Octavia Butler, when you read Octavia Butler's notes and mm-hmm. her doubts and like, does this work and her rejection but letters. But you have to be but tenacious. But she didn't but, stop. But that's grit. That's, that's grit. That's what that is. That's grit. That's the and grit. She, that's the ability to keep persevering no matter and what. And that's something we have in, in, in I tons, say, spades. I, I wanted yeah. to say spades without racist. It did. So I didn't <laughs> want to say it either. But we have that buckets full. Buckets full of grit. We, we have swimming pools. Full. Lifetimes. Generations <laughs> full of grit. And I feel like we don't celebrate it. You know, listening to you, you and your mom talk about it. And then watching that, I was like, you know... I love that and like giving myself credit for that. Like I do, mm. that's what I'm saying. I could see myself. Yeah, me too. I could see myself like, you know, I mm. do that. I keep when she going. said I, I have to go down. home to my 5011 children. I was like, <laughs> don't even did that speak to your spirit? My spirit. <laughs> I mean, our children aren't that far apart in age. Yeah. yeah. No, so right, to say right. like I have, and 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 this is something I want to say too, because a lot of. Uh, women in the public eye don't say this. She says, mm-hmm. I have children. I have a six-year-old. I have twins. Mm-hmm. I have a husband. Mm-hmm. Now, most people don't talk about that part. While the they're husband. talking about their work. No, they talk about their children. But not the husband. But mm-hmm. not the husband. And she, they were right next to. He was right next to the children. Can I, we talk about that part? 
Okay, you want to? He was right there. Oh, he was right there. That's what you're saying. He was right there. And let me tell you something. I, you know, you know, part of what drove me to do therapy was the, the infidelity and the difficulty in my parents' marriage. Okay. And really wanting to understand this, under, this question about cheating, mm. you know? And because of that experience, and it was so catastrophic, you know, I grew up with that being like a complete deal breaker. Okay. Right? Like cheating is a complete deal breaker. It's not for me. Right. Yeah. So it's my, this is what I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. And so, but that was coming from me really not understanding fully the dynamics. There's a, and there's a difference. Like there's some people who are just assholes. Oh, yeah. And selfish and self-centered yeah. and they cheat. I'm not talking about that. No. I'm talking about You're an talk- act of infidelity. That, that is it's a symptom of a problem in exactly, a marriage. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when they both chose, mm-hmm. first of all, let's just say, Lemonade came out first. <laughs> so we, like it or not, I'm going to give Jay credit for that ass beating because that was a year-long <laughs> ass beating, right. beautifully done, it was visually a, phenomenal. It, it was a drag. Impeccable. It was a 365-day But you know drag. what? It could have been. But, but also, by the time you got to Sandcastles on the album, right. you and, and, and Forward, and mm-hmm. all, you really understood that this is the reality. Dang, when we get together I, with I just people, thought about Lemonade with that. I mean, this this woman is a really great artist. She's, she's a really great she's artist. Beyond. Yeah, she's, she's a really good she's artist. A, she's a full-on, fully evolved creative being. You know, we talk about fully evolved mm-hmm. spiritual beings. She's a fully evolved spiritual being. N- nothing she wants to create will be stopped, period. Mm-hmm. And so with him, I feel like, it, for me, it wasn't, it was, it was a telling it didn't feel like a drag because by the time you got to Sandcastles and uh, Forward, and, you know, she did everything strategically, it's the truth. We come into these relationships and we don't know everything. Yeah. You know, I hear couples say all the time, I know that about them. I know that about them. The moment you think you know everything is the moment you have already began the oh. decline of the relationship. So the you have beginner's to know mind, every day. the beginner's mind. That was one of the best relationship advice I ever received. It was from a, a, a queer woman, and she told me she had been in a relationship for a really long time. She said, "I wake up every morning with beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. I start every morning as if I've never met that person mm-hmm. before. I can't assume Curious what you're about thinking, yeah. what you're what, right. what you're going to do, right. I, making no assumptions right. at all. Right. I have complete childlike beginner's yeah. mind every morning. And Ruby D, I've, I've mentioned this before. I don't know if I mentioned it here. I probably did, but Ruby D." When she was giving Will and Jada advice. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we've been together 17 years. She's like, you're just getting to know each other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like for them to share that, and it was attacked, but I feel like people weren't ready to see the truth about relationships, which is that we come in with a lot of shit. Right. We come in thinking we know more than we know. And there there is a humbling. There's a humbling that tends to occur. Yeah. And it can occur different ways. It's not always through cheating. It can occur a lot of different ways, but but who we decide to become through that and on the other side of that, yeah. like at some point they realized like if we let this version die, mm-hmm. we can start over with the knowledge we now have. Right. And that is what you've seen. And they've been able to use it 
to create from such a different place. Both of them, because the 444 was a great album to me too. I love it. I love that album. I love it. And so it's really people really good. willing to use their I listen to that more for, than Lemonade for sure. Actually, to people willing to use their story to help others heal, like. Jay Z talking about getting therapy. Yeah, but even her saying her being a feminist mm-hmm. and saying and acknowledging that she's caring for her husband and that her husband is a priority is a priority and needs time and and can't just be following I, me around here. Yeah, I like I, I got to go take care of my children. Everyone understands that, and I have a husband. Mm-hmm. That's true. I have a marriage that needs to be poured into. And he did not come save or interject when she was handing out that that tongue lashing <laughs> over them notes. He was like, well, you know her. Y'all know her. <laughs> Bye. See y'all tomorrow. I'm just here to get the kids. You know? Come because on, because that's one thing that we do see is sometimes it's like, you know, if there are men and women in a in a similar dynamic, there are times when, you know, there's so many, I always say this, I always tell my husband this. I was like, there's so many artists you don't know anymore because they had husbands who were their managers. <laughs> they and, and I was like, and I just, you know, so I don't like to... Do you, you tell know. that to your husband? I do. <laughs> I do. I say, I say, you know, because he's not managing. Jay-Z's not managing her. No. He's like, he's there in partnership, but in a different way. Well, I don't know what's really going on. We don't know. But my point, like, but, you know, from what we can observe, there's a part, she's in charge. Like, I mean, like. (laughs) From what we can observe. From what we can observe. She's, she's running her life. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And she's, and, and they've both made an agreement to prioritize the family. Their family. Right. Their family. That was just so impactful And to people with that much wealth, money, and access say the number one thing is family, it really also reminds you that like all this going back to the workaholic thing you were talking yeah. about that like what is the point of all that but if all, we can't tap in right. and make that priority but as a creator circling back to the beginning how you can make all your dreams come true with money i'm sorry when you're talking about creating 100% you can make you, you all see, I'm your just dreams come true when you wish <laughs> upon a star if you have the right amount of money you can make Anything come from your head into the world. And it's a beautiful, beautiful blessing. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's close out. What are um your your do we have anything more to say? Um <laughs> Well I'm just gonna We usually do words for the heart at the end. I feel like we should just quote some Beyonce. That's what you're about to, to say. Beyonce. I'm just about to say. I just about to say. You well, I'll I'll quote a quote so from A Course in Miracles that Beyonce used as a line in All Night at the end of Lemonade. And that is, um, nothing real can be threatened. Mm. It's all, it's my, I got the tattoo before, see, that's what I'm telling you, we cousins. Because I got the tattoo before Lemonade dropped because I finished reading A Course in Miracles. And I was like, yeah, this is a big accomplishment. That book is big as fuck. So I was, I got the tattoo and then Lemonade dropped and I heard the line and I was like, me and my cousin both reading A Course in Miracles. Um, the whole quote is, nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists, herein lies the peace of God. Okay, my words from the heart are just like, go listen to Lift Every Voice to Sing. I mean, that's when I start crying too. I, th- I really feel like mm-hmm. it's the most one of the most beautiful songs of all time. She also redid Before I Let Go. I saw that. Did you hear it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Y'all, if I don't electric slide to that shit by the end of this week, there, I, I can't make any promises. I need somebody to join me in the middle of the floor for an electric slide to the new 
version. And you know, it would have been sacrilegious if anybody else did it. Because Maze and Frankie Beverly have had a lock on that shit, right? <laughs> but she did it. She did it. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us. We love you very much. Follow us on Instagram. Let us know what you're thinking about the episode. If you're not a Beyonce fan, yo bad. <laughs> and, you know, send us a little message. Anything that y'all have on your hearts, share with us. We've been getting great, amazing messages of how the words we're saying here are impacting your life. We're so grateful for you. Love you.